mercy and grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan, Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to episode 3010. That's oh, right. There's no place like Tara. No. Stargate, first watch, rewatch, <laughs> podcast. I am Nixie. And I am Grace. And today we are going over Stargate Atlantis season five. Yeah. Episode 13. Uh-huh. Inquisition. Uh-huh. AKA, I have two AKs. Okay. Shepherd Zadi and a Thousand Tales. <laughs> AKA. Yeah. And this one will only make sense to you until I explain it to people. Okay. Monopoly Woolsey. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely Monopoly Woolsey. <laughs> um, I'll, 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 I'll share with it now. There is a Grace that exists called Monopoly yeah. Grace. Yep. We may have mentioned her before. I'm pretty sure she has, she's been seen, yeah. not on the pod, but like she's been yeah. mentioned. She's been mentioned, yeah. Where Monopoly Grace uh, is not allowed to sit at the table of Grace's brain most nope. of the time. Nope. Because she will do whatever the fuck it takes to win i may or may not have seen her i feel like monopoly nixie also came out in the escape room monopoly nixie did come out in the escape room <laughs> and monopoly nixie i feel like is very different from monopoly Grace. oh yeah 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 because monopoly nixie just gets like Oh my gosh, look at all the amazing things. Let me share these with everyone all at once. And there's information overload and you must be inside my brain. Well, I, I like the approach of like, yeah, sure. There's a riddle I can solve, but also this puzzle's <laughs> held together by magnets. So I'm just going to fucking use the science and not solve your stupid ass puzzles. Okay, well, that's the other side that I was <laughs> to me, not. That's your Monopoly Nixie. <laughs> that is, that's simply finding a different way of problem Whatever solving. Whatever it takes to win. I'm with you. I, put, I support it. Listen, there is a shield and there were circles and you had to fit certain <laughs> symbols in the shield depending on some other puzzle. Well, I was just test fitting them in to make uh-huh. sure they fit. Two of them stuck and then one of them fell out. And then I looked at it and realized the other ones uh-huh. have screws on the back of them and this one weighs less than the others. <laughs> So Does that then, also explain the first door where you're like, this is locked at the bottom, so we got to get the bottom one done. <laughs> so there was a combination <laughs> lock, and so, you're like, the first two are giving, but the last one is not, so we have the last one wrong. <laughs> that's listen. I what? feel like that's just logic, it's right? Science. That's just it's just look. Just because brute forcing <laughs> a code is no different than figuring out a puzzle. It's just a different puzzle. Sure. It's not the one they intended. Look, McKay would be proud. McKay would be proud. But yes, so there is a Monopoly version, maybe of all of us in there somewhere. There is. And I believe that this episode, uh, but I want to know which Monopoly Grace came out. Oh, I was just saying I may or may not have seen Monopoly Grace inadvertently smack one of our friends in the face before. That may or may not have allegedly, allegedly <laughs> happened. It was firmly accidental. Allegedly. It was, okay, I will say it wasn't accidental. It was non-intentional. That's, that, I will, yeah. (laughs) Look, I'm learning to take personal inventories. But, yeah. yeah. So, my AKA was just, and I'm going to get it wrong because I've never actually watched the series. Okay. But it was just like, Atlantis, dum-dum. (laughs) 
It was just the sound, the law and order sound. It's just the law and order sound. I like it. The good, the good Woolsey. What's another law show that we can use? Oh, um, I don't watch many law shows. I don't watch many law shows. I do have an angel reference later, which is like the closest to a law show I've ever watched. Um, Perry Woolsey. I don't know. Um, so did you did you do anything interesting pop culture wise this week? What did I do this week? Um, I feel like I did nothing. Oh, I Thor was after the podcast. Nope. Was it before the podcast? It was, it, we did it after the pod. We did do so, it after the pod. Um, I may or may not have had a birthday weekend. I'll share that. Yeah. We did some escape room funness. Yep. Uh, we did watch Thor. Yes. Which was pretty good. It was it was fine. It like, was it was fine. Fun. Yeah. It was fu- it, was it was very fun. fun. It was very fun. Just all I expected out of the film. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going in there for some you know mind bending philosophy. I don't philosophy. want mean potato. Like, I want. Give me those sweet tarts. Exactly. I uh, want Van Damme Thor. Yeah. Which Thor's ass gives America's ass a run for its money. But, well, there's America's ass, then there's Asgard's ass. Yeah. 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 Um, so I did binge and I highly recommend it Under the Banner of Heaven. Okay. Which is. Uh, um, it stars Andrew Garfield. It's seven episodes. It's only seven episodes long. I do like Andrew long. Garfield, but I had not heard of this before. So this is a, based off a book by John Krakauer. Okay. Um, and it is about a murder that happened in the Mormon community in the 80s. Okay. I'm it is, is loosely based on fact from what I know. Already here for it. Yeah. It is. It, it is <laughs> not Kaylee's favorite. It's apparently. Not. Wait, is this the one? Okay. <laughs> Is this based on like the story where like the car blew up? I don't believe a car blows up in because this I one. just saw a documentary and it was in the Mormon Church and it was like the full where the um the guy who counterfeited all of the paperwork and documents. Oh, I don't think it's that one. Okay, but it is really well put together and it's a great cast. Andrew Garfield is the lead. Um. It's also got a Culkin in it. It's got I, Sam Worthington in it. Uh, I am <sighs> all for all of those people. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's really good. It's seven episodes long. It's okay. it's crime drama, uh, loosely based on fact. And John Krakow is, is a great writer. So yeah. the book it's based on is great. Okay. Plus, I like the person who adapted it is Dustin Lance Black, who I am a big fan of because he's from the same hometown as I am. Okay. He he wrote the I think he wrote the screenplay for Milk. Okay. He did a couple of other things. I did like. Milk. Anyway, very very smart, very cool dude. Um, he's not from my hometown, but he grew up there and like graduated from one of the high schools. That's like how I claim. Um, I just blanked on their name. I don't know. Oh, it's how I claim like the Ramey brothers. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like they're basically from my hometown. Yeah, they're like from right next door to my hometown. Yeah, yeah. Um, he. <laughs> He, oh, he wrote Milk, J. Edgar. Okay. Um, I think he won an Oscar for something. So does nice, like, politically yeah, drama Yeah, just a good, just, yeah, a good writer. Um, so I watched that, and that was really fucking cool. That's awesome. Um, I also just got through the Bob's Burgers movie, and... I knew you would see it. I saw it streaming. <laughs> I... 
as you all know, maybe not. I am a huge fan of Louise. Yes. Louise may be my favorite character in a lot of things, period. Yeah. Um, And there's a very special Louise story arc in the film that I think is worth checking out. Okay. It's very, very cool. Um, my D&D character may or may not have some inspiration, <laughs> some streaks of Louise in her. Just some streaks. Uh, a couple of streaks. Um, but otherwise... I'm looking for a good video game, y'all. I'm done with Forbidden West. Okay. Please send your suggestions to at Tara Podcast on Twitter. <laughs> okay, thanks. Bye. Um, so I two things. Mm-hmm. One, because Nick somehow did not see it and I really wanted to experience it all again. Um, we are rewatching for all mankind. Oh nice. Starting season one with him, and it's just the reminder of how much I love uh Molly Cobb, aka Jerry Cobb was the actual um female who or what actual female the actual person who was um training to be an astronaut in that first group that wally funk was also part of got it got it um because this is also like loosely based on some things and then other okay exactly so like all of the all of like the most of the astronauts are like one name removed from actual astronauts, but like yeah. Deke Slayton's in there. Got it. Got in it. In season two, Sally rides there and all this kind of stuff. Nice. Um, yeah, so they kind of just like change some of the main people. Okay. Um, and there is there's a book that I started. Oh, let's talk about this book. <sighs> yeah. So it is a book. So I think I've mentioned before, I'm a huge Tolkien fan and I have not read all of Tolkien's books very specifically because there is a finite amount of Tolkien's books. So I have not read them all yet because I'm like spacing them out. So I always have yeah. a Tolkien book well, to read. I like the way you worded it recently. You said you, you can only read a book for the first time once. Yeah. So we all know one of my favorite people who has ever lived is Carl Sagan. Yep. I love his writing. And I will say it is not until recently that while I am a maker, I make like my life is physically dependent on it for good or ill. (laughs) Not saying it's always the healthiest. (laughs) Um, But I recently... And I couldn't place it, but there was something that wasn't there for me. Okay. And Andrewin, who was Carl Sagan's wife, helped him produce most of the stuff, including Cosmos. Okay. She's an amazing woman. Yeah. Amazing writer, producer. She's fantastic. Um, came out recently with a new Cosmos book. Okay. Um, and I'm just blanking on the subtitle to it. Uh, Possible Worlds, I believe it is. Okay. Um, and I hadn't gotten it because if I bought it, I'd be tempted to immediately devour it. And yeah. it was something that I don't want to say it's like meeting your idols or something. It was just something where I was like, I'm not ready to devour it yet. I, I get it. I, I get what you mean. I had I had to save it. It, it's it's not to the same degree, but I do remember um, when Forbidden West came out, I, I didn't start it right away. Yeah. It was much smaller scale, but I see what you yeah. mean. Yeah. So I recently got it. Okay. And it was, it literally, it arrived in the mail and then it sat there and I didn't even open it for like three days because yeah. I'm just like, 
I know what this book holds for me. Yeah. Because she writes in a very similar fashion to Carl Sagan. It makes sense. There was probably something in their life. Exactly. And all I've made it through, I'll be honest, is the prologue. And I have already told myself, I'm not going to read this all at once. I'm essentially going to read like a chapter a month. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure this lasts. I know what this is. This is your version of when I buy Gideon's cookies. Exactly. And I put them in the freezer. Yes. And I go, I am allowed to have one cookie this week. But I will say, just reading the prologue, I've now read it twice. That's and amazing. I don't have the book is downstairs, so I can't do some I can't recite some of these word for word. Sure. But she was talking about one of the things that inspired Carl the most is when he went to the 1939 World's Fair. Okay. And in there, um Albert Einstein flipped the switch and everything lit up. And it was in 1939, it was this huge deal to have that much electricity yeah. in like this one place and how they God, did all this imagine. Kind of stuff. Exactly. Um, and, and they talk, he, he had this quote that was illustrating how, and it's something we know I've talked about a ton. How about how science and art are interconnected and that you can't just to understand them. You can't just hear them or receive them, but you have to take them into your heart and like fully process it to understand it. And she continues on. And and some of it is, is Carl's words. And some of it is, is her words in this prologue. And it brought me back to the thing that I have always strived for, and some of it, I'll be honest, has come through in some of these science about Stargate segments. Okay. And it is, you know, she was talking about the importance of the pale blue dot photo. Okay. Of if you've seen it, it was taken from Voyager 1, and in this in this light ray that's in the photo, there's a tiny dot. Okay. And that is Earth. Wow. And she's talking about how the the scale of the the scale of the cosmos and the scale of earth within that this one picture explains you don't have to know all the technical things yeah. behind it to know that we just had the first photos from the James Webb telescope yeah. come out it is literally the backdrop of my computer yeah. right now you don't have to know the technicalities of these planets of the planetary nebula that they took to understand the beauty and the preciousness of these photos. My, when I was doing more fine art artwork, it was consistently and always based in science. I would make these illustrations that showed what the Schwarzschild's radius is in terms of a black hole, which is how you calculate the accretion disk. (laughs) I know some of those words. Exactly. But it's, it just was this lightning bolt to remind me that when I am happiest in my crafting, it is not just, sometimes it is the visual act of making things with my hands, but Mm -hmm. frequently it is taking these larger and grandiose and sometimes difficult to understand science concepts and like depicting these in a, hand created form yeah to even if you don't understand the specifics of what's going on you get the awe 
Mm-hmm. And the the wonder and like how important and precious that is transcribed through a visual medium. Yeah. That's very cool. And I've gotten all of this from the fucking prologue of the book. It's science fan art. It's science fan art. Like not and it's not a deg- degradation of what you're saying. No. Just, you know. It's it yeah, and it's it is just the reminder that science and art are so interconnected. Yeah. And you know, well, it just makes sense, right? Like what's visually appealing, what's instinctually appealing, yeah. what evolutionary we've learned to be like, yes, this is the, a thing I want more of. Exactly. What's going to call me. It makes sense if you think about it. Yes. I love it. Yeah. So it's just a reminder that I think bringing back that that part of my artwork yeah. in, in bringing the, the study of breaking down of concepts and like depicting them in the visual form is yeah. something that I have been missing in my own crafting. So yeah. I have a hunch it's going to come back people. I feel like while we're listening to come back, I couldn't tell you the last time we had a really cool uh, science philosophy conversation. So I know. I'm here for it. I know. So I'm yeah. loving it. Um, if you are in any way, one of those people who will get tingles hearing about the awe and the joy and the wonder of the do universe. It. Do it. Um, if you haven't read the first Cosmos, I can't recommend it enough. Um, and if you have, move on to the new one. I haven't read it yet, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to love it because I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know that I've ever read Cosmos. I may have to do that once I, I finally get through Mist of Avalon. Three copies of them. I don't know that I want to take any of your copies. I feel like those are yours. There's one. There is one copy that I would loan out. I do have. <laughs> I did. I think I mentioned. Was it last year? I think it was actually pre. I don't know when it was pre panini or what uh-huh. but i found it doesn't have the dust cover on it but i found it's actually sitting right behind you um an original print um a first run oh, edition this, the of cosmos the hardcover of cosmos nice. at the local used bookstore i'm here for it it has pretty pictures in it yes october 24th <laughs> 2008 let's go from really in-depth conversations about art and philosophy to a clip show people i was gonna say clips Clips. written by alex levine directed by Brenton spencer um i feel like clip show so during the week right you know we make menus i feel like you do this too what we're gonna eat during the week and then we have a like Break glass in case of emergency. We call meal. it the easy button. Yeah, so we call it break glass in case of emergency. Yeah. I feel like that's what clip shows are. They like are. the look, everybody's got to eat. Yeah, I don't have time to. We're gonna pull out the frozen burritos Listen, today. I got nineteen episodes for you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we need another one. Yeah. Real quick. Crap. Here it is. Someone find some Clippity structure. Clip clip, clip. that we can use. So we start and I love I love the beauty of starting with this scene with Robert Picardo yes. explaining to the rest of the team that they have an invitation yes. to, you know, the Pegasus version of a United Nations, a federation, if you will, uh-huh. of planets in the stars, a united uh-huh. federation of uh- planets. I know some of these inferences that we're inferencing. <laughs> it's real subtle. Uh-huh. I it's do like real- how snobby McKay is about it. He's like, look, 
Uh, it's not, they're like, it's nothing formal at the moment. It's pretty loosey-goosey. Woolsey thinks the IOA thinks it's a really important step. And McKay's like, look, your Star Trek Federation of, of planets, they all have fucking ships. And yeah. there's, like, technology involved. And here's what I, I just realized about this moment, and I kind of love it. Yeah. I have so hard trolled Jesse <laughs> anytime he's watching Star yeah. Trek. And I'm like, is that Woolsey? Yeah. Is that Woolsey? <laughs> that I literally, until this moment, forgot that he was in Star Trek. Yes! And I watched him talk about the Federation yeah. and, like, did not put yeah. it together. Fucking Doctor, Because yo. I have trolled my husband so hard that that is Stargate's Robert Picardo. Not only is he in Star Trek, but he is in your husband's favorite series of yes. Star Trek. It's Voyager, right? Yeah. He's the Doctor and Voyager? Yep. Uh-huh. He's one of his favorite characters. Yeah. 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 I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> I, I had to share it because I'm very proud of that. <laughs> uh, but okay. McKay is very sour on the idea. He doesn't really see the point because, you know, they only know about other planets because they ran across the gate system. Yeah, yeah. Like, these guys haven't earned working on our group project. They're dumb. Yeah. yeah. Sailor's like, you know, simply because they lack technology doesn't mean they can't benefit from, like, cooperation with each other. Mm-hmm. Like... Maybe they have something to share with you, Mr. You never Technology know. Man. Look, if you teach them a little bit of what you know, we were just talking about this. Yeah. If you lead people, sometimes you'll be surprised at what they can teach you. Exactly. Dun, dun, dun. Either yeah. way, Woolsey figures the Wraith are at war, so this is probably the best time for an experiment like this. Uh-huh. Um, and they want Atlantis to be a part of it, so let's go. Yep. What could go wrong? Nothing. End of episode. <laughs> and they have the Federation theme plays. <laughs> and if you watched one of my the one of the few favorite moments of Discovery, just Stacey Abrams walk out as the president of Earth. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a fun cameo. I, I'm, I'm here for that. <laughs> yep. So once on the planet, they are quickly led to a super inviting room. Uh-huh. Windowless. Super warm. Dungeony. No worries. No worries. Taylor, ever the optimist, tries to give them the benefit of the doubt, but then they are immediately just opening scenes of Phantom Menace gassed. Yeah, at that point, Taylor, <laughs> you can give it. You can give up the ghost. Yeah, no, this is shit. This is this shit. This is yeah, we're uh, shit. They try to run and tries to blast the door open. Uh, it doesn't work. They can't. Get, there is no handle on the inside of the door, Taylor. Yeah. Ronan, what the hell? You're bigger than air. Yeah, you're bigger than air. Come why on, can't buddy. you get the door open? Yeah. Why? Why are you pushing on a door that opens inward? <laughs> Look, the man knows he's bigger than air. He doesn't know a lot else right now. Here's what I've learned: Ronan yeah. is very smart when he's not mad. Yes. When he's when, mad, when it's a he, little bit of a single focus mind. When he goes into a rage, yeah. all of his other stats drop. Which, I mean, I feel like that's about when a barbarian rages. Yeah. It's like a puppy. Yeah. It's like, look, once it's a piss, it's hard to like get the attention back. Exactly. Uh, and eventually the whole team falls unconscious. Credits. Uh-huh. Yep. Everything is fine. It's fine. Long credit sequence. So they're moved somewhere else um, while they were out. It's a fancier room, but definitely also a dungeon. Yep. Uh, it's less, it's still underground, this but like less underground. clear bar so you know you're in a cell. Yes. Yeah. Um, no one's really sure what happened, but they all wake up without all any of their gear. Uh, shortly after the guards show up, uh, all they'll say is everything will be revealed. Uh-huh. And the council wants to speak to John. Yep. 
So he's brought into a larger, low-budget Game of Thrones room. <laughs> That's exactly what this room is. Led to a little platform. Listen, this place looks a lot like where they said women were witches. You know, that's a little bit what's happening here. I mean, you might as well have a a, a fire pyre on yeah. that little stage I feel stage like there. It, um, if Vala had seen this room, she'd be like, we're fucked. We're Everybody fucked. Out. I've been here. This yep. isn't good. Yep. <laughs> We've seen this before. Are you all right? It has twinges of Ori in it. <laughs> There's, it's Ori light. Yeah. Um, and so there is Kalor of Latira. <laughs> Shy, listen, I'm butchering Bless all these you names. for trying. I didn't even get their names down. I'm, listen, they're my own words I'm now. Angry Lady. Shiara of the <laughs> Tribes of Samphil. A.K.A. Angry Lady. And Demas of the Free People of Riva. A.K.A. The Wise Dude. Or oh, wait, did I get them backwards? No, yeah, you have you have the first one's the wise dude. No, the last one's the wise dude. Okay, no, I did get them right. Yep, you you have shady dude. Yes, angry lady. Angry, and then wise, wise dude. dude. Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, and they are speaking on the behalf of the coalition. Mm-hmm. They will be your judges today. Yikes! John tells them, you know, they could have just used blindfolds. Uh, we or we can keep this place secret. It, I feel like at this point, John, you should know that this isn't. <laughs> You're uh, you are clearly on trial. We're, we're not on a date. <laughs> no. Look, the the minute you saw the other people at this event, when you walk into a room and the other other people are like high up above you, looking down on you. Yeah, John's the guy who's like, "Look, I brought three other friends. This isn't a date. <laughs> this isn't a date." Yeah, anyway. Um, and, and that's that's clearly not why our team is here. Yeah. Um, Kalora tells them that they are here to stand as representatives of the Atlantis expedition. Oh, boy. John's like, okay. And it's, so it's on you to answer the charges. He's mm. like, uh, I'm sorry, come again? Yeah. No, no. No like. Oh, you'll have your chance to defend yourself. And John is very confused as to what the fuck this guy is talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kalora lays out. That the Atlantis expedition has been accused of crimes against the peoples of the galaxy, and then this is their trial. Yay, this is fine. It's fine. Kaylee's very amped up about this. Uh-huh. She does she's like, this is not fine, John. Run. Back in Atlantis, it has not gone without notice that our team is missing. Mm-hmm. Lauren's team has been out looking for them, but he returns with word like no one knows where the fuck they are. Yeah, Lauren's like, this is shifty. Shifty as fuck. Um, but they're definitely not in that village anymore. Mm-hmm. And since they wouldn't just leave without sending word home. Yep. That's an issue. Yep. So Wolsey has learned the go ahead to get more people and search and talk to the people. Because certainly they're going to say something. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me you're not going to be swayed by those puppy dog guys and to no. give it up the good. No, something is definitely bad if you're not talking to Lauren. Yeah. So back in court, John was figuring, you know, this was a meet and greet with food and booze. Mm-hmm. The judges are just like, you know, Atlantis is crazy powerful. Yep. And there is no way you would have just come here if we asked you to come here and to stand trial. We can't force you to come here to stand trial. So we lied. Makes sense. Yeah. And there's only a handful of people who know this planet's gate address. So rescue is not coming. Basically, here is my, uh, what's the word? Exposition, exposition. Lord knows Lore dump, you don't get to get out of here that no. easily. Yeah. Mind you, that doesn't roll out an escape. Mm-hmm. Just no rescue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Also, was this fancy building already here on this abandoned planet? Like, so I think that comes into play a little later when we learn that they've sort of been fucking with the Janai. Yeah. I have a feeling this is a remnant of a Janai something. It's just more of like, obviously people know where this is. Yeah. Somebody had, somebody built this. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but to the point, um, Dumas says that they have calculated it up. Yeah, Dumas. And <laughs> Dumas. Sorry. Uh, and the Atlantis expedition is responsible directly or indirectly for the deaths of over 2 million people. Yikes. John to himself is like, that's crazy. I mean, it's a lot. I it mean, maybe higher than that, honestly. I'll, 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 I'll keep this till later. Okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. I'll keep it till later. Yeah. Uh, and they start asking about how, when our expedition arrived from Earth, the Wraith were in hibernation, weren't they? And he's like, no, 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 not all of them. Yeah, no. The, the ones that weren't supposed to be hibernating were not hibernating. Well, and they attacked us first. Uh huh. Uh And we get our first flashback to the pilot episode when the Wraith attacked them when they were meeting with the Athosians, attacking the village to call. Can we just take a moment to appreciate how much better Taylor's hair looks? Yes. Holy cow. I forgot about that. Okay. that's Oh, yeah. It's a it's a look. Yeah. Um, And so really, Atlantis is just helping to defend the village. And the judges point out that, like, that was not a calling. That was a scouting party. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and like you're supposed to just let the scouting parties take people like that's their fate that's not how we do it in the key is to not stir the hornet's nest like Earth. people are gonna die you just don't want to let a ton of people die and john's like how the fuck are we supposed to know that not, shit no and no it's just not our way yeah we were brand new to the galaxy first time encountering the wraith and leaving people is not really what we do yeah. So we went in, we rescued as many people as possible and got out. And the judges are like, yeah, but you also encountered a queen. Mm. And he's like, no, we definitely encountered a queen. I mean, that's yeah. without question. And we get a flashback to the queen, hand about to feed on John. And hey, remember Aiden Ford? Oh, yeah. He came in and starts taking out Wraith, giving John the chance to roll away, blow up the hive and stab the queen to death. Yes, this is when we learn that the the wraith are actually human intolerant. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit already, because they're like, we don't need our food to agree with us. And I was like, same, dude. Yeah. Sometimes I just eat it because it eat, eat good. Yeah. Hurt later. Exactly. Moment In the moment, it is um, delicious. Nom, nom, nom. And before they run, the queen warns them when then she dies, the rest of the wraith will awaken. And she was just the one on watch. Well, the others took their long rest. I mean, she's not wrong. She's not. She's not. She 100% is speaking the truth. It was not an empty threat. Yeah. Back in the present, Shiana's like, you literally just admitted that you woke the Wraith. I mean, yes, but also... They weren't going to sleep forever. Yeah. And the judges explained to him that there is a pattern that the Wraith follow. There is a gap between when the Wraith awake, giving the human populations time to recover and grow. So that... When the wraith do come, there is enough humans for the rest of the to to give up in tribute for the rest of the humans to live. And because the wraith woke up early, some of the planets have been driven to extinction. Some civilizations have been lost because they had not been able to fuck enough to make enough children. Listen, that is just not the human way. No. So y'all have been humaning wrong. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes. Because that is not what we do. Nope. Our lives are short already. We do not just like give up half our population so nah. the other half will live. Nah. And John reminds Let's them. Let's not talk about current times. <laughs> In an ideal human yeah, yeah, world. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, We're all, we're all, uh, what's his name? Um, Viggo Mortensen. Strider. We're all Strider. We are all Aragorn, okay? John reminds them now very angry that they're the ones out there fighting the Wraith every day, risking their own lives. And uh-huh. the panel's like, nah, irregardless, there's a lot of people dead today that would be alive if you hadn't come to this galaxy. Okay, but there's also a lot of people dead that would be extra dead. Yeah. And more people that would be dead. John's had enough. He turns to leave, but the guards stop and block him. And John's like, fuck this. They're like, look, if you refuse to participate, then you're just going to be found guilty on all counts. And this is just the first of the counts. And after sentencing, we can isolate Atlantis. No more trade. No more relations with the planets. John's fine with no more relations to these motherfuckers. Yeah. But Kalor reminds Kalor. 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 Sorry. I reminds him. (laughs) (laughs) Just broke. Sure. Just. Yeah. Just broke into midnights. Mm-hmm. Uh, reminds him that their coalition grows every day, and soon all of Atlantis's trading partners will have no choice but to join. And then, you know, they'll be forced to abide by the ruling of this council. And can I just pause there, judgy McShady person there, that like, shouldn't all the plants have a choice to join your coalition? Yeah, that's uh, isn't that sort of like the definition? You're like setting up to be the empire and not the rebellion. No, like this. Look, they're building the Death Star in the back. Hundred percent. They are. They. This is Governor Tarkin as a young. Yeah, person. yeah, yeah. Young Tark. Um, young Tark is like a band name. <laughs> young but Tarkin. I, like, I love that. <laughs> All of your training partners will have no choice but to join us. Like, yeah, that's fine i mean that's highly confident in yourself i mean go get it but no also don't and for whatever justice this is this team if found guilty will be left on an uninhabited planet without hope of rescue to live out the rest of their lives oh and as we find out there's no dhd here's my other question about this scene how do you know there's no dhd on that planet how do you come back yeah. with the D? Yeah. How do you close the chain? How do you lock the did, door? Did you already trap someone there? Was the what, did you just like like, like a volunteer? Hey, hey, dude, I'm gonna send you to this planet. You're going to fuck up the DHD so it can never be used again, and, and then, then you're just you're going dying. to live there. Okay, bye. You just get some hermit who didn't want to. There was like, some guy who was like super done with yeah. social, intro- like the most introverted uh-huh. introvert of He's all like, introverts. He's like, that's fine. He's like, please never talk to me again. We're, we might be sending criminals to you. I'll, I'll just I'll, give me a head start, and I'll yeah. get far enough away from them that we'll yeah. never meet. I'm gonna start using that as my extreme when I really don't want to talk to people. It's like, <laughs> look, I'm destroying my DHD. Don't come here. <laughs> never call here. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> So John is back with his team, updating them on all the fun he just had. Uh-huh. Ronan is pretty sure the Daedalus will find them. And McKay's like, it's a giant fucking galaxy, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're probably not going to happen. Take them like a million years. 
And John is starting to get the idea from the layout of the place and from the structure and the lack of natural light that they're underground in some way. Maybe half a dozen guards, we can start tracking their shifts. McKay's like, well, maybe instead we just convince them that we aren't guilty? I mean, that's debatable. <laughs> As Which is kind of what Taylor says. Yeah, like, uh... <laughs> I, I don't know why I find this so wildly funny. And I, I was know. telling Nixie before we recorded <laughs> something about this episode feels like, well, fuck. <laughs> They're not wrong. They're not Taylor's like. But I would do it again. You know why I find it funny? Because this is the person I've been my entire life. <laughs> when it was like, you didn't follow the rules, it's written. And it's like, no, but I had a reason. <laughs> Exactly. And I don't regret it. I yeah, exactly. Taylor's like <laughs> Taylor's gonna be honest. She's gonna get real here for a second. That like, yes, the Pegasus Galaxy is better off, but like, there were some setbacks and some lives were lost. There's yeah, yeah, hope yeah. now, but like, a ton of people are fucking dead. Yeah. Uh, look, sometimes you have to go through some. Things are not going to wrap up prettily when yes. you're trying to make it better. Yeah, sometimes you have to break some eggs. A little bit. A horrible analogy. Yeah. <laughs> but we got that cake. We got a cake. Yeah. Um, John figures they're going to have to play along this trial for a bit while they figure out how to escape. Mm -hmm. This is where we got Shepard's Zadi and a thousand tails. <laughs> so Lauren comes back through the gate with mm -hmm. Myris. Uh, yes. A representative from the new coalition of planets. And if Woolsey is the leader here, they need to talk. Mm -hmm. uh, I will say, and we will get to it, if nothing else, this was a fantastic episode for Woolsey to shine. Woolsey, Monopoly Woolsey yes. is my favorite of the Woolseys. Uh -huh. There's a special place in my heart for Woolsey now because of what he's proven to be. He's like... And if I had told you... How many weeks ago? Yeah, I wouldn't have believed it. I nope. wouldn't have believed any of it. There's something about him realizing that he's got no strengths to hold him down. <laughs> like the Iowa's make him fan, real make far him away, aren't they? I am free. And now I see there are no strings on Woolsey. So John yeah. is back in the courtroom. Next up is the plague sweeping through the yeah. galaxy. <laughs> Uh, don't look at me while you show me the thing I made. <laughs> you know why this is so okay. Real talk. Yeah. Yeah. And this is our DD party. Oh yeah. Well, yes, I did just throw a fireball in an <laughs> underground bunker full of people. And things that are flammable. But... They fucking deserved it. But they were trying to steal my Nomi friend. Yes! And I couldn't let that we happen. We couldn't... Please don't let them take the unconscious me. Mm -hmm. So if fire needs to happen... Yeah. If they died, they I died. I do like that my Donnie is the song of fire and ice all in herself. <laughs> all in herself. <laughs> she is the entire song I will do all of it. Fire and ice. Yes. Um so the plague, as we know, kills one out of every three people. It's <laughs> <laughs> not funny. It's not it's not but at the same time. Yeah. So some believe we're it's a, doing our best. 
Some believe it's a deliberate poisoning due to one man. John's like, oh yeah, no, yeah, it's no, definitely. it is. It is. His name is Michael. I mean, we made him, but but we didn't make him do that. Kalor's like, can you explain how he's not quite human or not quite wraith? But he's both, not he's a girl. Like, not yet. Look, <laughs> our ground is real shaky on this one. Okay, so. <laughs> We were trying to science a solution to the waste problem. Yeah, yeah. So we tortured one. So- <laughs> we should have just killed we, him. We flash back to John Weir and Carson watching a wraith struggle in agony as he slowly over time turns more human-like. And Ta-da. the judges are like, wait, I'm sorry. You found a way to turn wraith into humans in a way like that. Dude, you're crazier than we thought you yeah, were. Yeah, like at that point, if I were the judges, I'd be like, these motherfuckers need to die. This is some like John Wayne Gacy shit. What are you going to do next? Turn them into lampshades? Like, Christ. John is like, look, I don't know the technical parts, but Michael was our first test subject. <laughs> to the episode where Michael first wakes up and just start pouring lies down his throat mm-hmm. about how he's Lieutenant Michael Kenmore and how they just fucking gaslit him for weeks. We made this for you. We made this, Michael. <laughs> Eventually, it's an abomination of look, our own their creation. Intense were good. Uh huh. There. Do you remember how Taylor was the voice of reason? Eventually, how he started <laughs> suspecting something was wrong and found the proof in terms of all the videos that Carson kept in open view of where he could find them, and then he went back in time in the videos to the first one and found that he was a wraith, and that's what John named him Michael. Look, the reality is they should have just killed him at that point. Yes. Yes. They should have just killed him. Yeah. Like, it's a real shitty thing to say, but there's a reason that they don't keep lab rats alive Uh when they the lab experiments don't Mm -hmm. go well. So in the present, John Mm. admits that Michael escaped and went back and forth between human and wraith before settling on being both. And Shiana's like, sounds like you just fully admitted to unleashing this thing on the galaxy. And he's like, look, we didn't just open the front door and forget about him. Like, like we, we've been working on the problem and we caught up with him months ago. Yeah, look, we just couldn't worry about it right in that moment. And we flash back to search and rescue when uh-huh. the team exploded the hyperspace engine and the ship was stuck there. Michael had no clue what was happening. He had strong suspicions to what the fuck was going on. Kanan went to go look into it. We know what happened with him. He flipped when Jean finally piloted the dart away with the baby in his arms because um, they lost the jumper. Yes. And he tells Caldwell and the Daedalus that they are off the ship and Caldwell instructs Marks in one of my favorite lines, please make that ship go away. Yep. And they do. And the presents, they're like, so are you sure he was killed? And John's like, well, I mean, the ship was vaporized, um... so there was no body to find to confirm and they're like, so you can't testify under the eyes of the ancestors that you know for certain Michael is dead. And he's like, no, no, no. no Look, I, no. I know our track record is Sus. spotty, <laughs> but we're always mean to do the rightest thing. Yes. We strive for good in all cases. Mm, well-intentioned. Yes. Definitely describes them. So don't forget Myra's back in Atlantis. Oh, right, right. He right. has just filled Woolsey in on what happened. Uh-huh. And Woolsey is not 
happy about it. You think? It. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, one of the first acts of this new government was the assault and kidnapping of my people. And Myris is like, let's be straight. They were arrested. Uh-huh. For being fuck-ups, which they kind of are a little bit if you look at it from the other side. Uh-huh. And Lauren is also a bit for crying out loud at all this. Myris tells them, like, listen, not everyone agreed on this decision, mm-hmm. but it wasn't taken without reason. Like, we gave this some clear thought. How much of this do you think Lauren's, like, a little bit satisfied? Because how often is Lauren's job just to fucking clean up the mess? <laughs> So, Let's be real. Like, maybe there's a tiny, tiny drop of resentment in there that this may have kind of been like, yeah, motherfuckers. Yeah. yeah. Do you know how we are the B team? Do you it's, know how much shit that we clean up that you cause? sucks that we're just hunting Wraith all the time? Also, I feel like this is a little bit of, um, if you've seen uh, anything about Star Trek uh, Lower Decks, where they're like, well, we're the ship that does second contact. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, and so Lauren's like, "We're we're trying to help you," and and Myris is like, "Yeah, and you're making unilateral decisions that affect the lives of millions of people in this galaxy without consultation or accountability." So, like, that I mean, needs to stop. It's kind of true. <laughs> it's a little bit true. <laughs> So it mostly- really makes the Atlantis team come across like Zaf Brannigan. Uh huh. It does a little bit. It a and little I think bit that's does. The part that I love so much. <laughs> and like my my favorite part is like I like I know in Star Trek like there's a whole federation behind them, but kind of like Voyager does the same shit. The bravado. Like Voyager does the same shit across an entire galaxy as they're traveling. We're here to make your life wonderful. You're welcome. We're gonna topple your entire government to bring in some democracy. It's like a shitty makeover show. Like I don't know if you remember here. There was like these extreme makeover home editions. Apparently, like after three months, it was all trash and it fucking sucked for these people. And these guys show up, demolish everything. (laughs) Build all this new stuff and go, you're welcome. And then, like, just uprooted these people's lives. Anyway, okay, that's all. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, Wolsey knows that this is not the time or place for debate because no mind's going to be changed. And yep. He just wants to know where his people are. And, and Myris is like, like, I can't tell you. Yeah. And Wolsey has a fair fucking point here that fair trials don't take place in secret locations. Nope. Give me back my sons. Uh, Myris does not deny that fact, by the way, which is telling. Uh He just is like, nonetheless. Uh, Woolsey cuts him off and tells Lauren to give Myris some time to think about it in a cell. Yay. And and he does threaten Woolsey that he's making a mistake because he was chosen to deliver this message and he knew there's a chance he wasn't going to be coming back. But if you detain me... You're kind of confirming what a lot of people suspect that it's you a really solid are a rogue element operating without restraint or due process. And we'll see things for a second. Oh. And is like, nope, nope, we're going to lock you up. I sure am, motherfucker. Hey, Woolsey, how are those rule books working right now for no you? strings. Swirl me down. Make me right. Make me right. So John admits that they've made some mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Understatement. But that's only because you're Monday morning quarterbacking the shit, which that is a clear point. That is true. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Let's not overlook that this is... I feel like the IOA and this council would get along really well. They would. 
because there, and Iowa is also infamous for Monday murder quarterbacking the shit yeah. out of decisions. Yeah. And only judging what you know in hindsight. Yep, yep. Okay. So, um, John's like, but we're the only ones out there fighting. And, well, isn't that also your fault? Uh, I mean... Killer says, he's like, the Janai had a plan, but it was thwarted when you betrayed them. And John's like, is that what they told you? Listen, there are two sides to the story. That is not what I remember happening. Uh-huh. Flashback to underground and having to, you know, admit to Sora that her father didn't survive and Cowan immediately blaming John and the team surrounding them. Blames Taylor for killing Sora's father because if we remember, he was fed on and Taylor just ended things as quickly and mercifully as possible. Yeah, because that's what you do. But Cowan is like, well, we're going to keep the intelligence we got together and we're also going to keep your ship. And we're also going to keep all the C4 you have and also all your weapons. And yep. the Janai never intended to actually work together. Yeah. They were just planning on taking all of this from the beginning, mm-hmm. to which John saw coming, which is why there's two more jumpers cloaked above their heads right now. Ta-da! Uh, so Damas is like, so you betrayed each other. No. Mm-mm-mm. No. We were prepared when they backstabbed us first that's when we made sure we could defend ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the Janai came prepared to, you know, double cross Atlantis. Yeah. Atlantis came prepared to not be fucked with. And because there is Basically. full understanding that, like, like... They kept their spell slots ready. Exactly. Had the Janai not pulled some backstabbing shit, the Janai would never have known there was two other, you know, jumpers sitting there cloaked. Mm-hmm. John would not have pulled that card. Nope. That was just preparation. Yeah. That was just keeping a fireball. You never know when you're going to need a random fireball. Um, And he points out that um, while the Janai were prepared, like their plan was never going to work. They had the weapons, but they had no way of delivering them. And we, Atlantis, are the only chance for a military victory. They could not have gotten the ball to the end zone. Other sports references here. I fell apart in the middle of it. It was a good attempt. <laughs> Solid attempt. So on Atlantis, Lord and Woolsey are walking, talking up to the control room that none of the off-world contacts are saying anything. But at this point, Lauren isn't even sure who to trust. I, I do love this idea that Lauren and Woolsey have a really good friendship. Yeah. Because they do seem to very naturally like ease into conversation with each other. They in do. a way that, that Woolsey doesn't with John or anyone on the first team. Yeah. No. And there is the concern right now that they can't even walk into a village without a fear of being ambushed. Mm -hmm. Like, where are you when you can't do basic intel? Yep, yep. Woolsey refuses to believe the whole galaxy is turned against them. And Lauren's like, I mean, we got nothing, so they might as well have. Yeah. He's like, or do they have nothing? Cut to the cell. Good to point out that Myrus is not in, like, the scary bar cell. He's just in, like... Yeah. An interrogation room. It's just in like a like the room that they watched John in when yeah. he was like Rafey. Exactly. Like yeah. you're you're not you're not you're a just ra- high security. Exactly. You're not gonna break out of anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Woolsey has a proposal for him. Mm-hmm. So in back in the courtroom, they're like, So you claim to have military successes against the Wraith. And he's like, Yeah, we've taken like a shit ton of hive ships out. <laughs> yeah. And these people almost don't believe him. I mean, 
if you think about it again, like, what fucking proof do we know? Mm. And he's like, well, it's never easy. John knows one good technique is to get them to fire on each other. And we cut mm. to the hive when John um, was in a dart, starts mm-hmm. firing on one hive ship, causing a ruckus on the Daedalus. They can see that that one dart, dart is causing shit. Yep. Figure that's John. Who else? And he successfully gets one ship to take the bait. The other has to quickly respond, and when one ship blows up, takes the other along with it. Yep. Voice over from John explaining that when two ships are fighting at each other, but you're still on one, you have to improvise. See, when two ships fight each other, then they make a baby ship, and then... No. No, that's Farscape. Got it, got it. So in the spoils <laughs> of war, Taylor, Lauren, and Todd were on the ship, and John was coming in on a jumper to rescue them. And instead of running, John has the other idea. Taylor sends a new course for the hive ship. Instead, they escape on the jumper, and the hive ship is on a collision course and runs into the base on the planet, yep. taking both hives out at once. Turn the wraith, trick the wraith, ancient tech, etc., etc. Et yeah, ancient tech. They go over another one um, about having ancient tech at your disposal helps, and we flash No Man's Land and the Aurora class ship, the Orion. Yep. With Lauren leading that charge, and Zelenka just trying to keep it together, doing his best Scotty impression, <laughs> <laughs> and finally getting drones out to take out a hive. And in the courtroom, John's like, he. I, I can't remember all of the high ships we've taken out. There's been too many. Look, if you'd wanted my resume, I would have put one together, but yeah. you did not give me time to do that. And Shayana's like, those are really colorful tales, but y- y- for all your claims, there's no evidence. He's like, no, because we fucking destroyed it. Well, it's not like they wear like military tags that then no. I take from each lead. Also, this fucking trial is evidence. Like, none of this shit would exist. Your little coalition wouldn't exist if we hadn't pushed the wraith as far as we have. Like, you've got an opportunity that you haven't had in 10,000 years. Mm-hmm. Um, Kalar is like, yeah, you, you definitely um did open an opportunity because mm. uh, you woke them before there was enough food. So now they're fucking fighting each other. And that's what gave us the opportunity, not your imagined victories. Um, no. Yeah. So the door opens then. Someone comes in, whispers something to Clore, and they're going to have a recess. John will be taken back to his cell. When he's thrown there, look who is there but one Mr. Richard Woolsey. Yay. He was there to take over the defense and John's like, thank fucking God. Yeah, because I am not a lawyer. <laughs> I am a smart man, but this is exhausting. I don't like to argue like this. Yeah, this would be, that John would be me trying to defend anything. Going, I'm not a words person, people. Can we not words this any longer? Yeah, yeah. Can I have a grace, please? <laughs> a monopoly grace. To words things. Yeah. Um, he's like, did you happen to bring a subspace beacon? <laughs> no, we don't have one of those. And Todd's not responding to our calls. Yeah. Cool. Um... And yes, McKay, they did pull the recent addresses from the DHD. Uh, there was 50-ish. They sent as many people as possible I did out. all the things that you thought of. They're not going to work. Nothing so shut works. your faces. Um, this was a thought-out plan. But McKay knows that we are smarter and better armed and we can get out of here. And mm-hmm. Woolsey points out the weaknesses that they took advantage of to get us in the situation. They preyed upon our trust for people. Yep. And John just hangs his head. Woolsey has a plan, though, to get them out. Mm-hmm. They're gonna win the trial. Ba, 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 ba. Everyone just kind of side eyes this plan. Yeah. 
Uh, and he figures, they're just figuring we're going to play along long enough to escape. And and he's like, how is that escape plan working yeah, for you Yeah, they're so going to brute force the puzzle. Uh-huh. The- <laughs> I see no problem with yep, this. Let's just brute force it. Um, And John's like, we're working on it still. Mm-hmm. Listen, Woolsey was Harvard Law Review. Yeah. Chief counsel for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Yeah. And before that was an appellate advocate for Hartshorn and Slaughter, which legit sounds like a law office in Angel. Yeah, yeah. I believe that. <laughs> this word slaughter in there, I'm pretty I, sure. I look, if I need a defense attorney, I'm going to the guy named Slaughter. Exactly. He's going to fucking go in there and be like, my name is Slaughter. <laughs> and I love the blank look that wrote. That, all Ronan. that shit means nothing to Ronan. Yeah. Uh, and he understood none of it. But believe me. I can handle three tribal elders with a stack of papyrus. That's when Monopoly Woolsey comes to play. <laughs> Actually, no, the next scene. No. This is just a Woolsey warming is just, up. This is just lawyer Woolsey. Woolsey warming up. This is just up. general, <laughs> yeah. I am confident my skills, Woolsey. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Woolsey's turn in front of the judges now. They started on a... <laughs> my note said, Woolsey is a bad bitch lawyer, it turns out. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, he is. So they started on how some worlds were attacked and destroyed, not by the race, but some mysterious race that was very advanced and rumored to be allied with Atlantis. Woolsey's like, yeah, that would be the replicators. And no, they're not fucking allies of ours. Super not. Super not. And they were created by the agents. Mm-hmm. And we cut to Progeny after they had taken Atlantis and Nam explains and shows to Weir the origin story of the replicators, how the agents were desperate while fighting the wraith and to find an advantage and build big, they built nanites. Yikes. And Niam explains that the ancients imbued them with this aggression, surpassed even the wraith. They were they quickly replicated. Oh boy, did they replicate. Yikes. And at rates that surprised the ancients and quickly they were more than the ancients could handle. Mm-hmm. When they realized they weren't the weapon they were hoping for, they just ended it and tried to destroy all They're of like, the replicators. Oh, put it back, put it back, put it back. That and then didn't work. You can't put you can't nope. close the box again. Nope. In the present, they explain that some did survive, and true to the name, they replicated. Mm-hmm. And cutting into progeny again, we see the full size of their city stretching out as far as the eye can see. Yep. In the present, um, he asks, you know, well, why did they then attack human worlds? Well, as he explains that, well, that was how they figured out to fight the wraith. They were going to eliminate the food supply. Yikes. Okay, well, if they were designed to fight the wraith, why did they wait so long? But, that is what? a point that Woolsey doesn't really want to touch. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, so, uh, look over here. <laughs> so much like the Michael thing, that is something that we fucked up on mm-hmm. uh, the flashback to Lifeline when Weir was hooked into the Wraith mainframe and McKay was searching around. He found the command code that directs them to attack the Wraith, which had been disactivated. Mm-hmm. Deactivated. Um, and... Demas is like, so you ass clowns turned their attack code back on. And we're like, look, um, again, in the moment, it seemed like a great idea. It was sort of the only option that yeah. we put ourselves in. We didn't know they would then attack humans. Sort of. Mostly. We thought they would just attack the rape. Yep. This seemed like a great idea. Yep. 
Um, and Kalora's like, this is the exact point you acted rashly without considering the consequences. Yeah, there's no thinking ahead with this team. There's just a lot of survival mode happening. And they're like, look, we're humans, uh-huh. and we're from Earth, so it's kind of what we do. Yep, we survive. We had an opportunity, it wouldn't happen again, it was not taken lightly, and even it even cost us one of the our best people. Yeah. Flashback uh, to the saddest moment that's ever sadded. We do. Flashback to the saddest moment. Uh, Elizabeth's entire final scene where she sacrifices herself to save the rest of the team and make sure the code could be activated. And and, <laughs> and the lady, uh, I forget her name right this moment. Angry lady. Angry lady is like, oh, oh, did one person die? Yeah. Oh, oh, would that grave sacrifice? Shiana, that's it. She's yeah. like, oh, one per... I'm struggling to have sympathy for your asses. The entire fucking planet. I witnessed the deaths of thousands, and Wolsey won't sit here and be held responsible for the actions of the replicators. Mm-hmm. And Demos reminds him that John had the same argument for the Wraith, which the initial... In the initial, that one, Demos sort of agrees with. But the replicators are machines, right? And you don't set a detonator and then walk away and say it was the bomb's fault that people died. I mean, true, but also... It depends on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. And we didn't mean to push the detonator. She was like, then... Wolsey's like, then blame the ancients. They yeah. are the ones that built the replicators. Yeah. And he's like, well, yeah, but they're not here to answer for their actions and you yeah, are. Yeah, to use their analogy, the ancients built a bomb... Yeah. They put a really shiny red button on uh-huh. it. We didn't know it was a detonator. No. They just built something that said, push red button. And listen, we're humans, and you put a red button uh, in front of us. We can't push it. Uh, and um, and Shayara is like, yes. Oh, no. Um, Woolsey says that like six human worlds were destroyed. That's horrible. But at least a dozen hive ships were then destroyed by the replicators, and they would have called how many planets? Uh-huh. So on balance, more lives were Oof. saved than lost. He's not wrong. But also phrasing. Yep. Because Shara's is like in balance. Yeah. Is that what we are to you? Yeah. Figures on the ledger. Pawns to be moved around, like save some, sacrifice he might some. Have told her to calm down. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Calm down. It was one world. <laughs> That's not what Wolsey meant, and she just talks over him that these are real people, and these are real villages being destroyed. Her people, her villagers, her husband, her yeah. children, and Wolsey realizes that yeah. this lady's from a planet that the replicators destroyed. Who's bad times, bad times. And yeah, she escaped, but not before she saw everything she knew wiped out in a beam of light. And mm-hmm. she will not rest until someone pays for it. That's not good. No, because that's the key. She did not say she will not rest until the people who are guilty pay for it. Yep. She just wants someone to pay for it. Yeah, bad counsel. I agree with Wolsey when he says this part. Yeah. Back in the cell, McKay figures that they can rule out her vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously these people do not understand the concept of recusing oneself from the court because of biasness. Right. Uh, John figures they're just stacking the deck. And Wolsey's not sure. Damas is responsible, he's reasonable, and he thinks that he can get him to vote in their favor based on... Logic what- and yes. reason. Kalora is harder to read. 
And he makes a connection from his home of Latera and intelligence reports that they are getting buddy-buddy with the Janai. Yep. And the whole concept that the Janai might be the puppet masters of this whole thing starts coming out. Mm-hmm. Kalor did bring up the Janai. He's the one who said that, you know, they should be leading the fight against the Wraith. And they would be the biggest military power in this coalition if Atlantis doesn't join. Yep. So, wh- you know, why would uh, why else did they try to run this whole thing? Mm-hmm. And none of that can happen if Atlantis joins. Right. Uh, well, be- he is smart. He's having this conversation, but he's reading other parts of the room while he does it. Yeah. Appreciate it. Because the Janai are all here for power. Mm-hmm. Um, Ronan is still on for plan B. Wait yeah. for the guards, beat them up, take their guns, shoot their it's way out. That's what I do. This is a boring episode to Ronan. 100%. Um, they don't know a ton of intel about where they're being held, how to get out, but it's enough for two people who won't back down from a fight to get there to, and they're sick of sitting here. Sure, yeah. But... Wolsey's like, that's risky as shit. Yeah. Uh, what... I mean, what choice do they have if they can't win this? And and Wolsey's like, but we can win. We can't win this fighting fairly. Yes. But I now know what the game is. Yeah. This was never about fighting fairly. This is about winning. Exactly. And Monopoly Wolsey... Monopoly Wolsey arrives. Yeah. Wolsey meets in the courtroom. Um, but there's only color in the darkness and the shadows. Mm-hmm. It costs Woolsey, at least he says, a fine pocket watch that used to belong to his father. I'm not buying any of that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pro- it's like a watch he got from, what's the uh, airplane catalog? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you're up in the flight, yeah. He 100% may have liked it. Sure, it might have cost a little bit of money. Yeah, it was yeah. definitely not some antique from his father. Oh, for sure. Uh, Kalor warns him that really there's nothing he can do about this. And mm. he's like, maybe, but Wolsey's feeling generous. And it tells him, look, you're backing the wrong horse. Uh-huh. And we know you're connected to the Janai. He steps, Kalor steps forward. He's no clue what Wolsey's talking about. Yeah, oh mm. yeah, sure, 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 sure. Yeah. I mean, the Janai are hoping to become the military might behind this coalition, but we would be a much better choice at that. We're so much cooler than your other possible 100%. friends. 100%. Yeah. Caloric did not know Atlantis had those ambitions. Hmm. Oh, look, we've kept it quiet, but if there's a choice of being actively involved day to day, this coalition, and, and not and getting pushed all together, that's not a choice now, is it? Yeah, and I do appreciate Wolsey playing it cool, like, well, we didn't. Yeah. But this is the game you brought us into, and exactly. we're going to win it. So... It's... I. I'll share. Yeah. There are times when Monopoly Grace has been pulled out in places that she shouldn't. <laughs> like at work where yeah. I'm like, listen, mm-hmm. I don't want to play this game. No. But if you start this game. You better prepare to make it. I will we're play going. this game. Yes. And that's sort of what Woolsey's decided. He, he's like, we we need this to look good. You know, we can't be the pick me city. We can't be the pick me girl here. Like, I need someone on inside to lobby for us. Uh-huh. Someone whom we can be very grateful to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he already has color hook, line, and sinker. I mean, he's like, how do I know you haven't offered this to others? And it's like, it's obvious as shit. One of you is super honorable and is not going to be yeah, straight by anything but reason. lawful good is lawful good. And Shiana is never going to vote for us. Chaotic no crazy is chaotic crazy. <laughs> it only leaves you. Uh-huh. So the trial resumes at or some chaotic point. chaotic emotional is yes. more appropriate. Yeah. 
Um, and Damas brings the final charge against Woolsey. Mm-hmm. The people of Atlantis stand accused of conspiring with the Wraith. Woolsey's like, really? Oh, yeah. He's yeah. like, no, we have reports that you've negotiated with the Wraith and before military operations, and that you have alliance with one Wraith specifically. He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, we kind of do. His name's Todd. And you um, know whose fault that is? The Jedi. <laughs> because it goes, gives the full backstory of Todd. Of how Todd and, and John originally met. Uh-huh. Flashback to Common Ground when uh-huh. they were both held captive by the Janai. Uh, yay! Let's talk some more shit about them. Yep, and uh, John was given to Todd to feed on. And we cut to an artificially aged John being taken out of his cell at the same time as Todd. And yeah. their fight to freedom ensues! Yay! And we know the end. Todd gives them all his health and age back and everything. Mm-hmm. But we still have occasional contact back into the current. We absolutely do not trust this guy. No. But he has proven useful at yep. times, and he's even helped us destroy the replicators. Cut to be all my sins remembered, and we see the full space fight above the planet. And eventually, the moment when K's code delivered via Fran kicks in, and the replicators all collect together, and both Wraith and human ships jump away as the planet blows up. In the courtroom, Woolsey fully admits without Todd, the replicators would still be here. Yep. And they would still be attacking and killing human worlds. So on behalf of Todd, you're welcome. Exactly. Like, we would all be dead right now. Uh-huh. Maz is like, well, well, that was the final charge. So yeah. we're going to recess and deliberate. Yep. Woolsey would like a final statement. And he knows the Wraith are in disarray, but they won't be forever. Yep. And sooner or later, the war will be over and they will turn their attention to this coalition with a ruthless vengeance like you have mm-hmm. never seen before. And if you don't want us there fighting by your side, fine. Vote guilty. Yeah. Bye. Shannon needs no more time to think. I will take all of my very cool ancient toys. And go home. Yep. And the others are also in agreement. I think we can vote now. And Shiana, not surprisingly, guilty on all charges. Yeah. And Damas, the vote that we weren't sure about, says not guilty on all charges. Yeah. Well, he's smart. He's now realized, oh, yeah, we need those ancient toys. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so Kalor is the one deciding vote. Dun, and we do dun, not dun. get to hear his vote there, but we have don't have to wait long until Woolsey returns to the cell. The guard just leaves the door open and yeah. fucks off. I like that we notice the door open, but John's like, what happened? Are we safe? <laughs> it's like, John, the door is open. Yeah, and we're not guilty on all charges. Yeah. Free to go. John never doubted him for a minute. Uh-huh. Back on Atlantis. On the balcony on a beautiful night, yeah. Woolsey comes out in his suit, his comfy wear. Yes, yes. His lounge wear, if you will. With a, I'm just going to assume it's scotch for John, because I like scotch. Yeah. I, yeah, it looks like a scotch. He's a scotch person. He, I mean, listen, yeah. Woolsey is not a bourbon person. No, 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 no. I, it's a scotch. It's a scotch. Yeah. Um, And being back in the courtroom made Woolsey miss his own uniform. Not the job, just the, yep. just the suit. Mm-hmm. And he passes also a cigar to John. Nice. Um, I love I love his look like you have limited stuff to bring to Atlantis and you packed high end booze and cigars. I mean, I'm sure that's what you would also pack. Nick would. Yeah. I might do the high end scotch at least. Sure. Yeah. Um, But I love the more we learn about this man. Yeah. The cooler he is. He's like fine cigars, fine scotch, uh-huh. fine suits. Yes. I mean... I'd play chess with that. Yep. The man knows, has refined taste. I mean, look, I'm assuming that him and, um, and Zelenka have already played chess a few times. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
Um, John wonders if Woolsey would tell him how he pulled this off. And Woolsey's like, well, it was a combination of my legal skills, my eloquence, my logic, and the bribe they offered to Lord. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> Monopoly V strikes again. And they light their cigars. And Woolsey has to, you know, he, we do have to commit Atlantis to a larger part of the day-to-day participation uh-huh. in the politics of the galaxy, which he cannot wait to explain in his report to the IOA. You know, Woolsey was probably a little bored these days anyway. Like, going off planet and rough and tumble yep. wasn't really his bag this is right up his alley yeah super by the book you yeah. know uh, and john figures why be here if we weren't going to try to make a difference and uh-huh. he's like let's just hope the iowa agrees with you yeah let's not think about that today, but you know though. what let's worry about that later for now john raises his glass of congratulations yeah. and they have a very wonderful moment overlooking the city enjoying their scotch and cigars yay fuck it all we get it <laughs> I absolutely love this. I know it's a clip show, but it doesn't it doesn't well give me the clip usual show. clip show vibes because you get to sit there and see us from this other perspective, us yeah. being like being like, hey, you fuck ups. And it's kind let's of let's talk about all your fuck ups. It's kind of a great thing because it's kind of all the shit that we've pointed out on yeah, this podcast. And it's like Yeah, it's not wrong. We've let's just say I feel like we have done some more questionable fuckery in the Pegasus Galaxy than we did. And I think it's because I think what it is is in the Milky Way, Mm -hmm. back with Earth, there are the Gould have not quashed down technology in quite the same way. Yeah. That they have in the Pegasus Galaxy. So we have more. We were not the big dog on can- on campus in the Milky Way Galaxy. Yeah. Well, it's also the Wild West in the Pegasus yeah. Galaxy. So not only that, it's also like there's no one here to tell us no. Exactly. We kind of on our own. All we're not the little brother here home for the day. We're not the little brother here yeah, trying yeah. to figure things out and growing up as we did. In the Milky Way, I yeah. mean, the SGC and Earth grew up and we started as, I, you know, we started yeah. as the little kid on campus and we quickly grew we're and were able to prove ourselves. We're kind of running our own fucking show out here. Uh-huh. Uh, but I do, I do love this episode. This is really fun. I'm going to watch it again. It just makes me laugh. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, yeah, we did fucking do that, didn't oh, we? Oh, we did all of that. Uh, what's next? What's next? Next is the prodigal, 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 I can't say the prodigal word. Prodigal son? Yeah, well, just the first two. The There's no son. The prodigal? Yeah. The prodigal. The prodigal. Um, and if I'm looking at my calendar... Nope, we do have a record next week. Yep, okay, we do. We'll see you guys then we next extra, week with the prodigal. It's an extra weekend. That's month. right. That's right. Okay. We'll see you guys next week with the prodigal. Until then, you can find us on Twitter at Terra Podcast. Facebook is No Place Like Terra. Email us at There's No Place Like Terra at gmail.com. Patreon.com slash No Place Like Terra. Rate us, like us, review us, wherever you get your podcast. Okay, bye. Bye.